Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Conversations with Adele. I'm your host, Adele Tevlin, and I am so thrilled to be bringing to you this new season, this new ideation of my podcast. In each podcast episode, I am going to be featuring a guest, a friend, a colleague in the space, a thought leader, someone who I would be having coffee with, and you can be getting the behind the scenes of what it's really like to sit down and have a real conversation with me and some of these amazing human beings. The purpose of this podcast is for you to deeply connect uh, with me and the people in my life that I care deeply about, for you to get to know something about me that you don't already know, and for you to gain a new perspective. Every every, uh, podcast guest that I feature will push the boundaries in bringing a new perspective, which allows you to tap into a new point of view. So I can't wait to dive into today's episode. Well, hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Conversations. In today's episode, I have the fabulous Kelly Burke, and let me tell you a little bit about Kelly. I'll read you her bio, and um, I'm excited to jump into this conversation because I've never really had someone like Kelly on the podcast. We met at an event this summer, a Lori Harder event, actually, and we connected, and she agreed to come onto the podcast, and I'm really excited to have her. So let me tell you a little bit about Kelly. Kelly is a TV broadcasting veteran who coaches entrepreneurs and businesses how to improve their on-camera performance and video strategy. I think that's just so fucking cool. She works as a TV color analyst, play-by-play and reporter, calling national and regional college games for CBS Sports and ESPN. Kelly previously worked for 11 years in local TV as a sportscaster for ABC stations in Illinois and Oregon. How cool is that? I freaking love it. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. Well, I am sitting in front of, well, kind of, over Zoom. (laughs) This is how we do it now. The lovely Kelly Burke. You are so beautiful. I'm so happy to be here. And I just, you know, people just heard your bio and I was saying how I've never had anyone on my podcast like you, where you help, first of all, you're like a TV personality. (laughs) No, it's true. And I think like what you do is so powerful, like helping people show up their best on camera. And I think that that's, I mean, it's such a skill. I think some people are innately born more able to do that than others, but I, it's something that I think is very fascinating. I love I love everything about you. We met, I was sharing with everyone in your bio that we met at the Lori Harder event back in the summer, which we were just saying before we pressed record felt like eons ago. So many things have happened. That's like years ago. (laughs) That was years ago. In my, I mean, my, in my timeline, that was years ago. And, um, I feel like we connected right away. We were sitting close to one another, but you know, when you just like connect with people, even though we didn't talk too much to one another, I feel like there was a connection and so I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. I feel like people are going to get so much value from this conversation. Before we dive into what we're going to talk about, I want you to kind of share with the audience a little bit about you, like how you got into this field. It's so it's so unique, especially as a woman, to be in like the sports broadcasting and all that kind of fun stuff. So the short version of this is that when I went to college, I actually went to college, I was always obsessed with the news. My parents always got a bunch of newspapers. I I would always watch the local news at night. And I went to college thinking I was going to be a news anchor. And I got halfway through college and I happened to do a sports internship and I loved it. I played three sports in high school. I was a collegiate athlete at Arizona State at the time. And it had just never occurred to me to go into sports as a female because it's that whole thing 
if you can see it, you can be it. And at the time there wasn't a lot of females in sports. Mm -hmm. And so it just had never really occurred to me. And I did a sports internship and I couldn't believe that people were getting paid to be at a football game and work a football. <laughs> game. I, I, I said to the people, cause I was an intern and I said, you're, you're telling me you're getting paid to be here right now working this. And they said, yeah. And I completely shifted my course to sports because sports generally is about 95% of the time positive. And I realized pretty quickly in college that when you're covering the news, you're covering Ugh. doom and gloom stories, you're covering murders, and you're having to go knock on people's houses who just lost their child and ask them to be interviewed, drug busts, and, and you name it. And I mean, look at the state of the world right, right now. And I just didn't want to be in that headspace all the time. And I realized I, I knew a lot about sports because I played them. I watched them all the time. And so it was just a natural area to go into. Having said that, it, it was incredibly difficult to get my first job, especially as a female, because when I started, and keep in mind, this is about 17 or so years ago now, there wasn't still a lot of females in sports. It's, it's changed a ton since then. There's a, it's pretty prevalent now that there's more females, uh, yeah. more females in prominent sports spaces. And it, the change has been really good. But at the time, there wasn't a lot. So mm -hmm. it was a struggle to to really get my first full-time job. But uh, yeah, I've been in the sports industry. It's, I was a local sports caster for 11 years and then transitioned about six years ago to calling games. So in a nutshell, what I do is when you turn on uh, an ESPN, uh, CBS Sports uh, in Canada, remind me, is it TSN? That's yeah, the big sports yeah. network there. Yeah, yeah. If you, it would be like if you turned on TSN and you were listening to a game or watching a game, and I'm one of the people that's announcing the game. So uh, cool. generally, I'm an analyst. I'm sort of the person that's breaking down the X's and O's, why something is happening on a broadcast. And then a couple, I'd say about three years ago during COVID, I realized the sports world shut down completely, and uh, I realized I started was on all these zooms and realized people had no idea what they were doing on Zoom and were terrified to be on Zoom, didn't know how to talk. And a light bulb went off in my head and I thought, people need help with this. This is, I take it for granted because I'm in the industry. So I'm comfortable talking in front of a lot of people, talking in high pressure situations where there's a lot of the line, but most people aren't. It's that, it goes back to that whole thing that, I think it's like the number one fear for people is public speaking. And that yeah. really- came really out on is. zoom yeah. so i re realized i need to help people so i started uh an on-camera coaching and video business and so i do that as well sort of juggle both um you know depending on what season i'm in i'm sometimes more obviously right now is a heavy broadcast season still doing some coaching but it i i limit my roster of clients during my heavy broadcast season but that's sort of that's me so in a nutshell <laughs> i have so much to say i was just making some notes as you were talking so couple pieces. One is you said something very powerful that I think is going to really lend the context for our conversation, which is this whole idea, like, if you can see it, you can be it. And I remember one of my mentors used to say, if you can see it in your hand, you can create it. And when you think about the area that you're in, you know, there weren't a lot of female models. So it was hard to see, right? You were like, yeah. I didn't even consider, even though I loved sports, I played sports. There was no context. There was no seeing it in, in a model of another woman. So I went to thinking about the news and it's like, well, the news is doom and gloom, right? And then you've got this area of sports, which is filled with hope and like, 
you know, community and people coming together. And so that's such a fascinating, just even the context of, for people listening, it's like, if you really can, and this is really the work I teach, if you can see it in your mind, you're already at the first level of creation because mm-hmm. all things are created in the mind. Like everything that's ever been created was first a thought and image in the mind, but it's very complex when you're a woman in a male dominated industry. And we can say this across the board, even for me, I, my first career was on Bay street in Toronto, working with executives as a woman, like 15, 20 years ago, it was predominantly most of my clients were men, right? I was like, kind of like standing out in the crowd, being a woman in this industry. And so I didn't have a lot of models of other women that were doing what I was doing. And so I think people like us, Kelly are like, you know, our, our part of our purpose in this lifetime is to be a trailblazer, right? To set the stage yeah. for what's possible because then some little girl is watching you on the news or sorry, you were on the sports thing going, oh, I want to be like that, right? But then there's this vision of a, of a woman who's doing something that, you know, typically is a more masculine, if we're going to talk about that masculine and feminine dynamics, a masculine thing. So I thought that was a, that was a really cool thing that you said there. Thank Completely. you for sharing of course, no, completely agree. And I think even going back to this summer, how you and I met at that Lori Harder Girlfriends in Business event is being in that room and being around women in so many different industries. Yeah. It's that it's that model and that inspiration because you see women, a lot of women in that room, especially somebody like Lori and Katrina Scott, they're a level ahead of where you are right yeah. now, even yeah. though it's a different industry. Yeah. Um, but they're an example of you can do this, you can make this happen. And that was what was so inspiring for me being in that room is seeing people in areas that maybe I'm not good, maybe I'm not good as good at sales. And there's people that are experts in sales in that room and realizing that we can all lift each other up. There's all value that we individually bring and the importance of supporting each other. And as you said, seeing it modeled. Yeah. I want to speak to something about that because I think it's what you just said is really important for especially for women entrepreneurs who are listening, which is a big part of my community. I have a mentor who often says when you're in a room of of powerful women, and I'm talking even a Zoom room or in one of my courses, it's like I look I look at someone like you or like let's say at that event and I go, we're all equal power, but very different in our power. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like I might be, you might be a great public speaker, but I'm a fucking weapon at sales. Okay. I run run a multi seven figure business, you know, like, so it's like a lot, but I might not know something that, you know, you have a key or a code that I don't know. So it's who's to say which power is stronger. It's more like we're, we're walking shoulder to shoulder. And that's why when we're in rooms like that, there's a couple of things that I think happen. I think one it's modeled. And I, I think very much that if you can find a mentor who's a few steps ahead of you, it doesn't need even to be eons ahead, but it's like, oh, Adele's here. She's she's doing this much a month. I would love to do that much a month. If I follow her, she's got wisdom to something I don't have. And she's walking a few steps ahead of me, right? But it doesn't mean that she's more powerful because maybe I'm more powerful in this other area, right? Maybe I have a key to something that she doesn't have. And so when I look at being in a room and supporting women and people... If we're going to be honest, like a lot of women are like, let's support women, but that's total fucking bullshit because they oh, undermine any chance. Totally they can- agree. Totally yeah. agree. We can be our own worst enemy sometimes. Oh, it's it's brutal what I think happens in a lot of female entrepreneur circles where it's like undercutting or jealousy or manipulation or like rather than going, hold on a second. If all of us in this room hold one key to the fucking puzzle 
and the, all of us are together and Adele helps unlock a part of it and Kelly helps unlock a part of it and Lori, see, I don't look at, when I look at Lori and Katrina and I thought it was fabulous, I don't look at them as ahead of me. I look at it that we're That's all, great. yeah, we're looking, we're on a mountain together, right? There, there may be a few steps ahead in certain areas. I'm a few steps ahead in other areas. And if we can combine forces, we're fucking powerful beyond measure. But why would society make us believe that? Because then it makes everything else obsolete. We don't want, and that's like a bigger context point is like why women, I think over the years have torn each other to shreds. And I've talked about this in other podcast episode with one of my mentors, Melanie, where like she just dealt with so much crazy shit online where people were just trying to tear her down. And I, I said this to my husband, I'm like, do men do this? He's like, fuck no. Like men don't sit around being like, can you believe what she's wearing? Like, can you believe, like men have different problems, but that's not one of them. And I remember seeing online, and this kind of speaks to what we were going to talk about, about like being yourself online and calling your shots and calling your place and standing in your power. It's really hard sometimes if you're not around the right circle of women, like, and I've been in the wrong circles where it felt more competitive than it was co-creative or it felt it wasn't shoulder to shoulder. It was like, let me tear you down to feel better about myself, which is all rooted in insecurity. And what I really got when I started to really gain the success that I've gotten, and I started to be in different rooms with different quality women, I started to see, wait a second, if we actually looked at each other, like shoulder to shoulder, equal power, but different power, different skills. And I was like, wow, something Kelly has can really help amplify. And then, it, and then something I have can help amplify her. That we're never competing, we're, we're co-creating. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the only rooms, like that's why I don't go to that many. That was the first event I'd been to in a really long time because I find that for me to, to be willing to be in a room like that, I wanna feel like it's a co-creation, not like there's a better than energy, which I think can often happen if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, and there was even, probably aspects uh certain people of a, a better than energy even even that at that event and so it's sort of hmm. knowing who who to go to um who to who you want to be around and gravitating hmm. towards that energy but I, I loved what you said because for me it's been an evolution being especially being in sports for a while now when I started in my 20s and, and some of this is just a youth thing too but I had this mindset that because I was in a field that there was so few women that mm. I had to keep other women, the other women that were in that field, I had to keep them at arm's length mm. that I could be friend. Like, for example, one of the, one of the small, the first market I worked in the first small market I worked in starting out uh, after about a year, there was another female sportscaster that got hired at mm. a different station. And we got along really well. We'd see each other at events. We were friendly but I never felt like I could hang out with, hang out with her outside of our work situation because I didn't want to get too close to her because essentially we were competing ultimately for the same type of jobs. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got to my mid to late twenties and I happened to join, there's a, a women's sports organization called the association for women in sports media. And I went to one of their events and I realized that there is enough seats for all of us at mm -hmm. the table. Yeah. And you have to have that. My, I was coming from a scarcity mindset and I needed to come from an abundance mindset for it. And that's yeah. been the big change for me. And, and that's what's so gratifying going to live like the event we went to is mm -hmm. because you realize we're here to ultimately support each other, co-create 
together and we're powerful forces when mm-hmm. we can team up together. And Absolutely. it's only when like we tear each other down. Yeah. Um, and side note, it's interesting when I worked, especially when I worked as a local TV sportscaster, you would get all kinds of comments on social media and emails that come. And a lot of the negative ones honestly came from women. Go, okay. Go. So I need to say something to this. Sorry. Okay. I have so much to say. Yeah. This is fucking amazing. Okay. So when you were talking, what I was picking up on and hearing is like very much when you think about, so this is sort of how my science brain works and and the work I teach is like, what's the root? What's the root? Why? What's the pattern? What's the, what's the etiology of this pattern? Okay. So for example, where did it start that women had to compete with other women? And if you think of, if you go evolutionary biology, if we're going to totally nerd out, we were competing for the man, for the same man. Seriously, think about it. It's like, we, so one of the greatest illusions that we live in, and I talk about this a lot in my morning um, program called Fuel, we meet every morning and I teach a lesson. I've been riffing a lot about the illusions that we live under, like time and money and all the illusions of lack that we in scarcity that you were talking about. And one of those is that a scarcity of resources. And that first illusion for women, why women are ruthless with one another sometimes is because they're in their mind primordially, primordially, sorry still thinking I've got to compete for that man because that man is the seed that I need for the procreation of life. Like seriously, it, I, I don't care how evolved you think you are subconsciously. That's how women have been conditioned. And what's happened is that that's been propagated over years where it's like, there isn't enough, aren't enough seats. And like, oh, if that woman is beautiful, is my husband going to look like all of that stuff. Right. And that's one of the things, what I really hear inside of what you were sharing is that there's like a lot, there was like a lack of trust. It's like, I, I don't want to hang out with this woman. Cause I don't know if I can really trust her. Like, is she my totally. friend? Or is she my totally. enemy? Yeah. That, that friend of the energy. But there's a second piece to this, which is like, sorry, where I just lost my train of thought there for a second. I was saying the friend of me energy. And it's, yeah, sorry, it's going to come back to me, but it was rooted in this idea that there's like, we're always competing and we can't really trust each other. And we're going to, oh, that was my next piece is that what I have found, and this is what I've spoken out loud about on my podcast and in general is women love to go on about the patriarchy. Okay. Oh, the patriarchy. Oh, like men are keeping us down. I'm like fucking bullshit. I've never been kept down by a man. The only people that have torn me down when I really think about the times in my career, Kelly, where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Fuck this. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It was other women. It was either women clients who were tearing me down, who were trying to manipulate to get something that they didn't get. It was never a man tearing me down. To your point, when you say the comments on social media that were the worst were other women saying, oh, look at her ass or look at her this or look at her that. It's not a man. And so I, I totally agree with you where, and that's what I think boils down to, I think proximity to power is really important, but I think that you have to be very conscious of who you're in proximity with. So totally. like to my, yeah, like I'm not going to enter a room of like female entrepreneurs just because if I don't feel like we're on the same level consciousness wise, like yeah. do we do we, are we both going, are we all going for the same thing? Meaning like, do we really want to support each other? Cause we truly do believe that there's infinite supply. And we truly do believe that someone is going to unlock something for us that we don't already have. And that we're not competing for the same man. We're not competing for the same seed. We're not competing in this evolutionary way, but it's really more that the more I give, the more I receive. And the more you give, the more you receive and that there's more than enough to go around for us. And the last thing I'll say before I'm 
hand it to you, is that one of the things I think I've worked on the most in the last decade for myself is my own confidence and belief in myself. And mm -hmm. because I've done that deep, deep, deep inner work, the deep inner child work, the deep like healing of my own wounds, which I think is where all the problems happen is when women are acting from the wounded place. Because I've done a lot of that work, I say this from a place of confidence, not a place of egotism. Is like, I know who I am and the value I provide and nobody could be me. Just like nobody could be you. Yeah, totally. Like I'm not even trying to be Kelly because I couldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And one of the things that can be the biggest issue for us is the comparison mm. that, especially think about when, you, when you're on social media, when you're on Instagram, literally you're subconsciously making a judgment on some, someone or something, every post you go to and you don't realize it and you start to condition yourself. And I find when I, going back to your comment about self-belief and confidence, because that's been huge for me is when I have been able to go to new heights in my career and in new places, for example, going from doing regional broadcast to national, it's because I've gotten my self-belief and my confidence in the right place that I belong there, that I'm yeah. just as good as that person that you see that's the face of the network. You have to have that belief when you're at that level uh, of broadcasting. Otherwise, you're going to get eaten alive. And yeah. I find that when I start questioning myself or I get in bad head spaces or I let things bother me, it's when I'm going to comparison, when yeah. I'm going on social media and saying, well, how come, how come she's, she's at this level uh, or she's doing this, she's getting this game and I haven't gotten that game yet. And I'm just as good of good as her, but yeah. it's very situational. It, everybody's journey is different. And so you can't go to that comparison game. You've got to focus on yourself. This is so good. So some couple of things that you said that I'm just like completely agree. One is you said, I belong here, right? The belief that I belong here. I think if you could take that just throughout your life and be like, I belong in the seat. I got to fill this space. Like I, not only am I worthy of being there because I talk a lot about, we never have to prove our, like we often collapse our value and our worth. Like you were born worthy and nothing has changed. You don't have to prove that. And it's really you believing in your own value. So it's like, I belong here. I have to fill this space. I got to own this space. I have to claim this space. That's a big part of it. But the other thing that you said about comparison is fucking huge. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee Conversations. It really means the world to me that you take time every week to listen to now a very thought-provoking conversation with me and some of my close friends and peers in the industry, a little bit of a behind the scenes, a dialogue of what it would be like to have coffee with me and some of my friends who are thought leaders in this space. And I just want you to know something that you're so worthy of success and you can have whatever it is that you desire. I believe in you and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.